Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Onimaru, here with my ever-vigilant co-host. I'm Zara Agus, the haughty magistrate. And today we have a super special guest uh, on the podcast here. So why don't we introduce you? Um, because, but I don't think you need any introduction because we know you and we love you. Probably not to this community. Also, aren't you supposed to be the glorious co-host? Come on. I I could be, but, you know, only, I mean, the card, you haven't designed my card yet, and I don't know what my glory is yet. <laughs> only for one phase after your stronghold gets used, that's when you get to be the, the glorious the glorious co-host? Yes, yes, I really do have to, like, you know, tap the stronghold. <laughs> and right now I'm not running that stronghold because I'm running um, Q Nisawa. Ah, well, then you're just out so, of luck, I guess. Yeah, I am. <laughs> So, so a crane, a phoenix, and a parrot enter a podcast. This is now the Burbcast. <laughs> Only Matt. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tyler, don't like how we, we ramble incessantly for like 30 minutes and see best as to edit all this out and stuff. But we need to rush right in because you've got a limited time frame. And everything else has been canceled for the foreseeable future. Uh, technically postponed, uh, but also, you know, it'll be a while before we can get everything back up and running. Right. Also, yeah. Uh, who even knows how long this is going to last, realistically speaking? Really unsure. I'm like, right now, I'm like, look, got my eye on Origins and like, is that going on? I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be canceled, but we should know within a week or two. But, uh, you know, the game will come back sooner or later. Life as we know it will come back sooner or later. And stuff. we can only hope for the best. In the meantime, uh, we can play games at home. Yes, we can. Like I've been running, um, I've been running a Vampire the Masquerade uh, campaign through Ooh, Roll Twenty, cool. and I've yeah, I, I mean, I really love that system. I've also been um, doing I like uh, just this past Saturday, me and the rest of the Court Games cast, like Jeannie Calvar, Corvar, and Trevor, we went on a Roll Twenty and we live streamed uh, our character creation, which um, I think turned out okay. I had fun. Hey, that's what matters. I enjoyed it. I- Everyone found out I'm an edgelord, and, and Kaori is like a super ball of anxiety and nerves, <laughs> but adorable. Yeah. What kind of, this is part of the our interview, what kind of character would you build, Tyler? Um, I mean, so you asked that as I'm the, the, the lagging member of a potential um, L5R RPG Discord uh, thing uh, among some Ooh. of my friends, and... Uh, for that, I am ironically actually considering making uh, making a character who is uh, familiar to those who have read the stories. Um, Katsuki Chiari is a, a oh. Katsuki investigator, and I think she's cool and want to play around with the Katsuki investigator a bit because I actually haven't done that. Um, really? I've played some of the other sort of archetypes, if you will, um, various uh, monks and samurai, but I haven't played a... Uh, I haven't really played any courtiers ever because I'm not all I, I don't consider myself all that good at you know talking um and that's kind of their whole deal but you know we'll give it a shot okay yeah um i'm kind of there with you i'd rather uh i like the inquisitor because why 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 negotiate when i can just emulate <sighs> you're really playing the wrong game dude like you should just be playing 40k <laughs> uh, uh, uh what's it called uh, dark heresy you should just be playing dark heresy <laughs> Quarters Court- have always been like a really tricky thing for role playing. Like in the old game, we- they actually came up with a whole section for like, okay, we need a section just to talk about like court game politics and playing a courtier because everyone just like, I guess I just talk to people all day. What am I doing? I mean, like it's cool in theory, and I love. I I just wish I were better at improving so that I could like play out the-, okay. the conversations better rather than just saying I do the thing right like. But you watch things like Critical Role and get jealous of how their role playing skills are just amazing. Absolutely, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just pure jealousy all the way through, and I'm like, I know, like that's not in my skill set, and that's okay because I'm good at other things. But also, man, wouldn't it be cool if 
so good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's see. Uh, let's get on to this because we have many questions to get on to. More things relative. Uh, so we just came out with Skirmish, or you just Great. announced the Skirmish two weeks ago. Uh, it's been received very well in the community. And just yesterday, as of this recording, a new restricted list came out. Oh, hooray. New balance updates. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've gotten lots of feedback from that already. <laughs> I mean, I've seen everyone's, like, initial reactions, but initial reactions are kind of less important than two months later after people have played with it a bunch. Right. After everyone's put everything through the ringer and, like, really squeezed out what's happened. Well, and it's also cool, we're, we're in a spot that I'm at that I actually really like with the game, uh, where a thing happens, and then everyone's like, oh no, this thing is so good. But then, like, three weeks later, it's old news because people have figured out how to beat it or there's a new thing to, like, you know, be terrified of. Uh, like, remember how the bird deck was just, like, going to end the game? And then now it's just a, a normal part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the very dynamic mechanics, like, I, I you always have my respect because the game is fairly well balanced for seven different clans, mm -hmm. and keeping that the those themes, like, even in a remotely coherent state is pretty impressive, I gotta say. It's pretty, pretty hard, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like, I, I'm always like, I, I know there's a lot of people that want Shadowlands and people that want Mantis in the game and it's like, uh, like mantis as like as a full-fledged clan um i just don't know how that's going to happen because seven clan is already seven clans when in, in at trying to add an eighth or ninth faction it's got to be pretty daunting well that's actually not even the issue with adding another faction and now we're getting into a whole tangent but whatever um oh, yeah. which is the, the biggest hurdle to adding any new faction to the game is always going to be card count because there's already okay. not quite enough cards per clan per cycle to to really grow um alternate play styles in the way that i would want and if i'm adding an eighth faction those cards means that just means that the other seven factions now get even fewer cards and i would rather give them more cards yeah. than fewer cards okay that's actually, yeah, that that's, actually sense. that's actually a fair point yeah and i always thought that the the, the status of like the other quote unquote factions as like neutral cards that could be splashed anywhere kind of like keeps the themes there, but also doesn't like tax the, the logistics mm -hmm. of the game too much. So, well, and the other thing is like, uh, I certainly have ideas for how to handle minor clans in a more meaningful way than, than they have right now. Um, mm. but at the end of the day, they're minor clans. Like unless, unless we le legit see a minor clan become a major clan, which kind of only happened because you're in the last go around because Yoritomo got a bunch of minor clans together. Um, like we would need mm -hmm. to see that happen before I would even consider adding an eighth clan right to the game. Okay. Yeah. Yoritomo would, wouldn't do that twice. Would he? No. Crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Right. Right. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, I forget you, you are the, you are the, the, the design lead and also the story lead at this point. Right. And also, you have your hands on pretty much everything L five R. Oh yeah, you're point alpha for L five R. I'm just, I'm just Mister Hands and all the pies. That's a lot of pies. That's a lot of pies. <laughs> are they tasty pies though? Most pies are tasty, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll go I, with that. I, I, I want, I want to keep uh, eating the pies, so you know. Hey. That that is the best sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> I want to keep eating the pies. Yes, we all want to keep eating the pies, but then but sometimes the pies run out, so we have to go buy more pies. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna show that Gen Con with a shirt of your of your, your face, Tyler's. <laughs> oh darn! No more pies. Darn you, plague! <laughs> but anyway, let's get into this. Uh, yes. We got some skirmish questions, some restrict uh, RL questions, and then some just like meta slash game balance questions in general. So, sorry what you started with us. Yes, the first uh, so the first question I really have with you is, like, um, uh, you released the skirmish rules, and we've now had a couple of, um, I guess, a couple, I think, has it been a couple of weeks? Yeah, I think it's been a couple of weeks for us to marinate in it. Um, so, really, first question from you is, what has been the biggest surprise for you after you released the skirmish rules? Honestly, I was genuinely mm -hmm. worried that the majority of, of players were either going to hate skirmish or not care about skirmish and it was just going to kind of flop so seeing the reaction of 
a lot of people really enjoying it and especially seeing the the social media posts of people saying mm-hmm. I don't play L5R or I stopped playing L5R years ago and this is making me pick the game back up like that's exactly what I was hoping would happen and I was really worried okay. about it, so I'm glad that it did. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like um I know I I really I went ahead and built two skirmish decks and I wish I have people to play skirmish with right now. It's just can't really do it on line right now because there's mm. no way to one of uh some, some of my old star wars lcg friends are talking are, are getting a, a skype tournament together so um, oh it, it's possible mm. it's not elegant like at all but it's possible <laughs> <laughs> desperate okay times call for desperate measures okay that's fair that's fair and uh i mean in your mind what has been like the most important or most powerful mechanic that's that's going to exist in the skirmish format. Are you talking about like, what do I think is going to um, be the strongest strategy for people to play when they are playing skirmish? Or what do I think is the most important thing in skirmish to its like identity as a game? Uh, I guess a little bit of both, but more like, um, I guess it's like heavier on the, uh, on the, on the ladder. Okay. Uh, the, the, the beating heart of skirmish comes down to all three win conditions being viable at any given time. Um, okay. that was one of the, okay. like the thing that makes L5R unique compared to a lot, most other mm-hmm. card games is that it has, you know, out the gate, it has three or more win conditions. Um, and mm-hmm. if I don't embrace that, then it just, then it doesn't really feel like it's embracing what makes L5R unique. And the push and pull between all three win conditions is, is very real. Um, because like. I can't just focus on breaks all the time. I have to also care about honor. And that means that I have to uh, play around things or consider options or take strategies that vary from game to game because not every clan cares about every win condition the same amount or in the same way. Um, uh-huh. So it was it was important to me that Skirmish present really truly present all three win conditions as being as close to equivalent as possible. Was that transition easy to flow into? Because in the normal stronghold format, you know, dishonor only has to go down to 10 honor has to go all the way up to 25. And then dominion is just the standard bread and butter of the game. Uh, Did you find that the mechanics pared down relatively well once you get down to it? Yes, um, with the caveat that I had to take a few cards out of the card pool and a, and one mechanic out of the card pool, um, which yeah. is to say the Stronghold format was designed intentionally such that Dishonor would be easier to achieve than Honor and that Conquest would be the, air quotes, primary win condition. Um, that was always yeah. fairly intentional from the onset. And so things were added in, you know, to counterbalance that which was uh yes okay everyone starts at a lower honor total and loses honor through unopposed but also the air ring can get you to honor also cards like uh uh, what's called way of the chrysanthemum exists um there were cards and mechanics put into the card pool early to help uh counteract the fact that the honor win condition was the hardest to achieve so i just had to delete Mm. all of those things and say here's Here's your three win conditions. They're all equally attainable. And the primary way to interact with the honor win condition is through your bids. And the primary way to interact with your conquest win condition is through attacking and defending provinces. But at the end of the day, those are linked together because I can attack you and take honor with the air ring. Or I can force you to bid low, at which point you can't break my provinces anymore because you're not drawing enough cards. Right. Mm -hmm. Um they're all interlinked. They operate on slightly different axes, uh, but they're the hope is that they're equivalent. I have not even played this format at all yet. Uh, I have noticed how much, much more impactful the the bid mechanics are oh, yeah. in both dueling and in just general card draw, where yeah. you know one honor, one honor matters a is lot. a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. It's like, like what. Like assassination is like sixteen percent of a win condition, right there. Yeah, <laughs> like that. 
No, I mean it's like uh, assassination is a big thing. It's like, do I your do do I really kill this thing, or do I save the three honor? And then the counterpoint to that is because the the economy is is so tightened, a lot of the characters I'm going to be going up against cost two fate and maybe have one or two yeah. fate on them. So assassinating mm-hmm. them might still win me the game, but it might you know also. But now it's also I'm threatening myself. Uh, right. in order to try to win the conquest game. Yeah, Finbar, who was uh, one of the playtesters and our former co-host here, uh, he was mentioning how the because you're not gaining fate left and right from all these different sources, how money's much more tight, so you see a lot more one and two drops. And Now, two drops are really shining in this meta, and uh, a five drop is really hard to keep on the board for a long time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I have absolutely won games where I just... Um, Say you know skimped and saved for a round or two and then slammed a big five and then said here's my big five drop like you have three cards in your hand De- deal with this <laughs> how are you not gonna lose a province every turn to this thing yeah you heard it here folks i uh, hear uh folks uh for oh my god i can't talk Never mind. <laughs> joke's over i'm just abandoning that joke because i can't speak yeah <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the next yes. question. Um, and I asked, talked to you about this a little bit in Crane Chat, uh, just because I was interested. So well, the most dynamic change in Skirmish is the new dueling rules. Uh, how do you, what le- the process led you to creating these new dueling rules that's in this format? And how does that reflect your thoughts on du- the dueling mechanic uh, in general, which is a bit of a contentious issue, depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. I'm a Crane. So I like I think so my, my opinion on it is pretty standard. A, l- a little That's bit. It's fine. It's better to admit you're biased than pretend that you're not biased because everyone's biased. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would call dueling the most significant change um, between the formats, but it okay. is certainly noticeable. Um, and it's hilarious. It was it was hilarious to me seeing the player, the online player community's reaction to it, be exactly what every other reaction I'd ever seen to it you know, prior to release, which was everyone was split exactly 50-50. Either they loved it and it was more fun and made duels more interesting or they hated it uh, because it was more involved and it made duels weaker. Um, because mm-hmm. And so basically the, the deal with duels is at the end of the day, either duels are a minigame or they are not a minigame. And mm. if they are a minigame, then you then I wanted to do everything I could to embrace that and make the minigame fun. Because like there's nothing worse than a minigame that isn't fun, right? Then why does it exist? Yeah. Um, yeah. The alternative would be to remove the whole bidding mechanic, remove duels. Duels are just like uh, a, a, fan, a flavorful and way action. of comparing skill values. Um, which yeah. like is a thing obviously void fist and lion's pride brawler are cards that exist and people play with i don't know that i would necessarily mm. call them fun um certainly it's i mean they're fun in the larger context of the game but the card by itself is not fun it's just a good card um yep uh and there and and duels could easily be that right on the flip mm. side uh, if I want duels to be a minigame, then every bid should have tension. And you the only way to get tension is to guarantee uh, is to guarantee uncertainty. Um, yeah. And that's like the whole point behind bidding in the first place is it's uh, duels are supposed to be, um, at least as they were originally envisioned, supposed to be a question of I have my duelist. And you have your duelist, and we have our various skills with our weapons, our words, and we're going to duel. And then the bid represents how much I'm going to cheat in the duel, right? People often get distract, yeah. uh, get uh, incorrectly um, associate the honor transition in duels with being better or worse at duels. No, 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 no. When I bid high on a duel, I'm giving you honor because I cheated to win the duel. Like that's the point. Um, and that's also for like the normal card bid. So every time exactly, this bid yeah. five meta, bid five meta is just everyone's cheating all the, all the clans time. are all dirtbacks. Bid five <laughs> meta is just everybody's cheating all the time. Um, 
but like, uh, and, and so actually uh, this, it wasn't even my idea. A friend of mine suggested it to me and, and eventually I tried it out and realized that it was really fun. The idea of you only ever get plus one if you're higher skill and that's it. Um, and it, it immediately made duels into a mini game and it made them more fun. Um, but for the stronghold format, going from one to five was a huge swing. Uh, and mm. while I thought, while it made duels interesting, it also made duels very inconsistent in a game that had not previously been designed that way. Um, okay. You could no longer ever guarantee your duels. Um because bidding five to one was too much of an honor swing, which is ironic considering that each individual point of honor in the stronghold format matters a lot less, but whatever. Um, yeah, crate players, we have a, the old school crate players have a long history of the community at large, their opinions and how they feel about duels, where most people generally dislike it until they have a duel that they can consistently do. And then they love it. Or at least they love that duel. Because the so the reason why you might consider deleting the minigame entirely and just making it a comparison of, of skill values is it it looks at the way that the game that duels are played in the game right now and says, This is the norm, this is how it works, we might as well accept it and go with it. And that there's nothing wrong with that. Like you're by removing the, the minigame from duels, uh, you're simplifying the game, which is always a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. because simplifying with, you know, means that it's more, more approachable. What it lacks, what it loses though, and this is why I ultimately wanted to keep the minigame and even embrace it for skirmish, um, is the whole premise behind a duel is you want to embrace the moment in a samurai movie when two set, when, you know, your protagonist and your antagonist one V one each other. And they, f and the, most of the duel is them just staring at each other and trying to, you know, position and uh, psych each other out so that when the, the, mm. the, the strikes do land, the, the one victor emerges immediately. I actually had a, that moment in the game one time. Sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, <laughs> but I, I love the story. In the, in the old game, uh, I was at a Kotai versus a dragon opponent who was also traditionally a dueling mm -hmm. clan. And we literally had a moment halfway through the uh, game where we just took our, our hands, put them face down on the table, and just stared at the board for 15 That's minutes amazing. saying nothing. And then he asked me, do you have this card? I said, yes. And then he just conceded right That's there. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Wow. Um, but so to finish my point, uh, there's a lot of magic to the tension in the, the dual face-off. And if you remove the minigame, you remove all of that tension. You remove all of that feeling. Duels no longer feel like they mean anything. They're just another thing that you can do to, you know, one-up your opponent if you have a higher skill value or whatever. Um, and I mm. wanted that, that feeling to be there because... If I take that away, then it almost doesn't matter that they're duels anymore. It's just my guy's bigger than yours, so I, you know, get a reward. Um, whereas I, uh, the 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 heart of a duel is that is that moment of is what is my opponent going to do, and how can I defeat him before he defeats me or before they defeat me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, it was almost, you know, landed in my lap that this bid first plus one at the end version of dueling fit skirmish so well because while it had uh, while there were concerns about it in the stronghold format because the dial's going one to five um, and it being really 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 difficult to win a duel it's much yeah. more easy to comprehend when the dials only go to three uh, because it's either I bid one if I'm higher the, my, my options are I bid one and I accept whatever my opponent is going to do, but maybe I will get honor, you know, out of the deal if they want to try to, if they want to steal the win from me. Or I bid two, mm. and either I give my opponent one honor and win, or I take one honor and am safe. Uh, yeah. Or I bid three, and, and I as we were saying before, the the one honor goes a lot further in this right. format. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> or I bid three, accept that I'm going to be losing honor, but I am definitely going to win the duel. Um, and all of those are compelling options, especially when you consider that the cost of bidding high, which is potentially losing honor, actually matters a lot more. 
because each point of honor matters so much in skirmish, whereas each point of honor doesn't matter so much in stronghold. And it kind of goes into my next question, which is in designing this whole skirmish format and picking apart the Philly bits of what is in L5R and all the things that we kind of have this legacy of, uh, what are some lessons learned that you think might find their way into the stronghold format? Or do you think there's anything, I'm sure you're, you're always full of ideas that you're like testing at some stage and stuff, but is there any optimism from what you've learned from this design exercise moving forward? To be honest, this is almost the result of a design exercise rather than a design exercise in and of itself. A lot of the changes that I implemented in Skirmish were ones that I genuinely tried out in the Stronghold format uh, in some form or another and decided that they wouldn't fit that game mode, whether it was because too many cards had already been designed that way or uh, it would change the game too much, you know, be too disruptive without bringing enough meaningful uh, accessibility to the format. Like, if I were to start implementing some of the rules changes that exist in skirmish i would have it would just eventually lead me back down the road to we're just back to skirmish now um and it's i think it's more fun and also frankly better for the community if both formats can maximize their own potential rather than me trying to find some kind of middle ground between them um does that mean that there's a possibility the stronghold format gets even more fiddly? No, um, <laughs> it's a taste thing. Yeah. But I actually, like the, the the old school players like me really like the the the, the crunchy nature oh, yeah. of stuff. I'm not saying the game needs to go on for like 65 minutes plus, like it kind of does sometimes now. But like the the there's something about like, well, I screwed up in round two, but here I'm in round four, and I think I got a way back up here, which you don't really have a time frame. It appears in skirmish mode to do that kind of uh, stuff. The answer to your question is no. It will not get more fiddly but it will not get less fiddly, if that makes sense. Um, I, I, uh, like, I'm going to keep designing cards uh, for both formats, frankly. Um, okay. But uh, the existence of Skirmish is not going to eclipse the existence, you know, eclipse the Stronghold format or whatever. Okay, I guess this, um, I actually had an, an, a quick question here. Are we going to see something like Clan War for Enlightenment for, um, like, uh, are we going to see a boss like that for Skirmish? Or is it just going to be, like, certain cards that's just going to be peppered in throughout the uh, throughout the, uh, the schedule expansions? So for one thing, when you see a Skirmish card, it will almost never announce itself as a Skirmish card the way that, say, some of the Enlightenment format cards did. Like, okay. yeah. You would never, uh, I would be shocked, I, I guess I won't say never, but I would be shocked if I ever saw a card that like said skirmish format only on it or something. Um, mm. And because there are, like much more often you're going to see cards that have a, a function in Stronghold but don't have a function in skirmish because they like interact with provinces or something. Um, the premise behind what skirmish is trying to be is uh, is one that does not necessarily need a product dedicated to it. Now, that's not to say it's impossible, yeah. but like, uh, and certainly some amount of my, you know, future prognostication depends on how skirmish goes. Like, uh, at the end of the day, this is me saying, hey, this is this, you know, this is my favorite format. This is this format that I love and I want to support it. But if it doesn't find an audience, then I'm not going to support it because, you know, it uh, the audience needs to embrace it in order for uh, at this point, the audience would need to embrace it for me to do anything super heavily involved with skirmish um, beyond just right. making cards for L5R that happen to have a good, you know, a relevant function in skirmish as well. Uh, and now going, uh, I guess, piggybacking on that one, are we going to see, I mean, it's like, uh, I, I mean, the commute, I, the people that I've talked to, uh, that, that do normally go to Cote's and whatnot, and like, they kind of want to see skirmish as, uh, as officially form, uh, supported formats at Cote's, just kind of like in Keyforge, how you got sealed and Archon. Are we going to see something like that at, uh, moving forward at Cote's or is that something that you're not uh, aware I'm of? I'm not going to commit to anything because most of it is still to be determined. Um, okay. and also frankly, 
there aren't any events for the next you know month or more. Uh, this is fair. And so like this is the perfect opportunity for us to see how much people like skirmish and if if it really takes off then yeah we're totally gonna push it like <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> I, I can tell you it's just based on what i've spoken to just like based on my local meta alone like people in southern california they are really excited for skirmish like because like I and, got... and don't get me wrong like uh organized play and i are both are all really excited about skirmish too so it's something that we want to see thrive and grow and and, and do well um but if there isn't an audience for it, then we won't do it. Now, fortunately, it sounds like there is. So, yeah, I kind of wonder how. This is more me navel gazing, but I wonder how a Kotai is going to look where where there's a there's a stronghold main event and like how many side events do we have? Do we have draft and skirmish and like there's only so much time in the day. Yeah, there's <laughs> only so much time in the day. But I mean, most of the time, like we run a lot of times at Kotai's. I am r- usually running like four or five different pods. At the same time, uh, I would not be surprised if Skirmish eclipsed all of the other side formats at big tournaments, because right. it's it's the the ideal. It really is the ideal side event format um, at a at a larger yeah. tournament. It's much more difficult to get people to commit to like a game of Enlightenment or even a game of Team Conquest, mm-hmm. uh, and heaven forbid a draft. Now a draft is easier because like it's unique enough that everyone kind of knows what they're that they're getting like. When I sign up for a draft, I know I'm signing up for five hours, just full stop. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. And there's totally a space for that. Um, that's probably most of all of my side events for the whole weekend. Um, whereas I can jump into a skirmish game, you know, for a half hour here, an hour there. And now I'm playing, you know, maybe I've played four hours of skirmish over the course of the weekend, but it wasn't all in one big chunk, um, which draft right. requires. And I think. From what I have seen, Enlightenment and Team Conquest being slightly larger versions of Stronghold format haven't really taken off as side events. Um, so my suspicion would be that the, the two side events, and of course I'll, I could totally be proven wrong, but my suspicion is that the two main side events would be Skirmish for the people that want more frequent shorter games and Draft for the people that really want a big, you know, all afternoon experience. Right. I don't know. It was an all weekend experience for you at Worlds too. Dude. Oh, it was great! I loved it. I loved drafting. <laughs> I loved draft. You had a thousand yard stare at the end of that weekend. Like, please, no more draft. <laughs> oh, that is. I'll be fair. That is true. <laughs> Especially since drafts are kind of like there's a lot of physical work that goes into running it with the like shuffling seven hundred cards and making you know dozens yes. of packs and like mm. all of that. Absolutely adds a lot of overhead to running it especially when you're running as many as i did yeah, yeah me oh, and max yeah. put together uh, uh he bought an extra set to just make a draft pool and we come up with these weird logistics like hey everyone in my game group can you all chip in like 10 or 20 dollars because we need a like card sleeve oh, budget God, yeah. now <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah that's a real thing yeah it really is <laughs> uh and yeah uh, all right, so, so moving on from skirmish, um, new RL happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, winter was a few months ago. Uh, I'm sure everyone remembers winter, uh, but that the restricted list that came out over the holiday season was more to address issues in the game. This is the first balance change you've done to address the current meta. Is that as it is, you know, in this uncertain times that we are right now? Uh, what do you hope that the new restricted list bat- balance is going to change for the meta? What are your, what's your hopes? I know we don't know what the future is going to be. I'm getting texts right now saying, I just found this combo. Oh, no. Good job, dude. Or, or person <laughs> for finding your combo. Um, the, uh, I mean, my, my main hope is just that it uh, disrupts the metagame a little bit. Um, enough to keep people on their toes, um, enough to address the main offenders of fun. Um, obviously, game you know tournament game balance is always something that uh, matters, but I feel like the tournament game balance is in a pretty good spot. So I'm in the fortunate position of being able to spend most of my time addressing how can I make the game more fun with bans restrictions on restrictions that kind of thing um that's why this tower deck had to lose spyglass because at the end of the day like Mm. it's not really fun when i'm playing regular l5r and my opponent is playing l5r plus 10 cards like 
(laughs) like they just got free 10 cards over me over the course of the game and like how am i how how does how can i feel like i can defeat you know compete with that yeah I've been harping on that drum for a while. From the start of the year, where I was, we started the year, it was like, oh, Lions still in the dog dance. They're not doing anything well. And everyone's start, I'm starting to hear these rumors as we're making these podcasts. Like, what are you guys talking about? Lions are doing really well. And I'm just, I'm so used to playing against Max's crab deck. Like, oh, I know how to take care of it. Why are you guys having issues with towers and stuff? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, Spyglass is the heart of that issue. Once you take care of the Spyglass, everything else just kind of falls in line. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of people had concerns about, in service to my lord, fan of command, uh, right? Whatever, like uh, tactical ingenuity. Like, yes, those are powerful cards, but they at least engage with the game on a a, a normal, uh, what I'm going to call a normal resource curve. Of like, yeah, okay, fan of command can be a very efficient readying effect, but you kind of had to work to get there. Uh, yeah, tactical ingenuity gets is a very very efficient card draw, but it only gets you one card per turn and you really need to build around it. Um, and like, yeah, in service to my Lord is a, a zero fate ready, but like you, you had to have the, the non-unique dude to bow and you can only bow unique guys. So there's like that narrowing thing. Whereas Spyglass is just like, Spyglass takes all of the restrictions on all of the other cards and says those don't matter. Like, uh, yeah. oh no, like eventually I'm going to run out of in service to my Lords. Well, I guess not if I'm just going to draw my deck twice over the course of the game or whatever. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just in a super secret crane chat uh, earlier today, super telling them, "Just like I don't know what's going to happen here." Uh, I was like, "Oh, that banning Spyglass is also kind of a soft ban on, or a, a soft nerf on um, Fana Command, just because now my let goes yep. are free to target those. I don't have to hold on to them for Spyglass." And because so, right. like Fan of Command is all good, but Fan of Command is really at its best when you pair it with uh, what's it called the the, the horse. Favorite, favorite mount. mount and like favorite mount um um the spyglass was getting you the other half of the combo at which point now it's like mm. yeah i have this really good two card combo but i still have to get to it and i just i don't just get a, a you know a ton of free cards now um scorpion was in a similar boat of like their their sit back control the game dishonor you out strategy was just a little bit too efficient and uh while that is a play style that i want to exist it's not one that i want to be the best deck of the format <laughs> um, yeah but, uh, well you could see the doc as well as i can uh, that was always our next question is uh so scorpion as a clan has been hit out of the restricted list pretty much every single update since you started doing restricted lists yet still remains pretty tier one almost consistently. How do you feel about the consistent power level? And they're kind of like asymmetric. Like they're playing a game slightly different than everybody else. And they kind of get away with their shenanigans. Aside, you know, take away the power of their cards that they tend to have. Like they're just playing a slightly different game than everybody else is. And they just, many people just run into options. Like I've got no options to play out of this. Really? Well, the, the biggest offender, and this has been true for months, um, uh, years, even really, truly the biggest offender has always been city of the open hand. Like, that stronghold has been so effective at limiting right. the opponent's options, uh, destroying them with dishonor without ever meaningfully fighting. Um, mm. And yeah, you had to jump through some, you know, some small hoops to get there. But uh, the fact that this that that single stronghold meant your opponents often started with or played the game with four fewer honor than they would normally in every single game um it really heavily skewed the way that dishonored decks were supposed or that that dishonored decks functioned and the way that you mm-hmm. functioned against them um and really the errata was supposed to be the answer to that what we found was that mm-hmm. it was a side grade at best like yeah okay it was slightly less uh, efficient because your the resource exchange is halved but the fact that it can trigger more often means that it it can still make your opponent. It didn't change the fact that your opponent still started down. You know, I'm going to say four honor, uh, because they were triggering mm. the stronghold every turn. Um, and the reason that you've continued to see Scorpion get hit is because the the errata was supposed to 
tampered the Scorpion uh, Dishonor control game plan, and it just didn't, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, now that Seven Stings Keep is out, uh, now that um, since I have the the option to conserve my errata space by undoing the errata and restricting the stronghold, like I think that's going to do a lot more than people think to address Scorpion dominance. Um, there are a couple other outlier problem cards and like yes people like to address uh, point out the fact that dishonoring the opponent is one of the you know dishonoring opponent's characters is one of the most powerful things you can do and that's within the scorpion's color pie and and that kind of thing um but the the counter to that is also is card power and like there's nothing wrong with having a powerful mechanic so long as the card power compensates for that the thing is, Scorpion's card power level is also at least as high, if not in many cases, higher than their, you know, the other, other clans. The yeah. fact that they have the most effective event cancel, the fact that they have um, the most efficient one drop, like uh, the fact that they have the best stronghold, all of these things add up to equal Scorpion is the best, regardless of the fact that their mechanics, that their mechanics are also, effect, you know, default effective mm, mm. now i just i just want to i, I want to play um, scorpion apologist real quick because in some ways you would son. i would i would play the scorpion apologist um how much of it do you think is just like because we've seen clans like dragon deal very well with scorpions the whole dishonor mechanic because they are teching things like um tranquil philosopher which lets them net honor every time you know rings every time they move fate or uh or phoenix when they tech um you know, uh, what is it? Uh, why can't I think of that province that returned? Uh, not not province. That's that holding, holding that returns ancestral shrine. Yes, ancestral shrine. When they tech um, ancestral shrine, they actually have they actually do very well against scorpion. Um, I'm just going to play. You know, the the apologist here. It's like, are, are we? Is, is scorpion's dominance just that we are not seeing that clans are not teching against scorpion all that much, or is it really just because their cards are just that much better than everyone else's? Um, well, I do think that that the existence of, of counter tech uh, was a bit lacking for a long time. You'll notice. Okay. Honestly, we've seen the the, the preview for as honor demands. Uh, there are I, I intentionally added more cars to the Dominion cycle that gain honor, um, partially to address the, the you know the fact that the honor win condition is weaker than the rest. So uh, on the one hand, I think that the the counterplay options were have kind of been lacking for a while um you'll notice for example we've seen as honor demands uh up coming up like i intentionally put a bunch of cards in the dominion cycle that gain more honor like phoenix has an honor gain card crab gets an honor gain card crane gets a bunch lion gets a bunch um so like a lot part of that is to compensate for the fact that the honor win condition is inherently hard, harder to get to than the others but also because a lot of Scorpion's ability to prey on the metagame has revolved around the fact that everyone's cards made them lose honor, but nobody had cards to regain that honor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And uh, and also I think that like clans do and should have uh, natural strengths and weaknesses in terms of matchup, and uh, Lion uh, primarily is kind of intended to be scorpion's biggest weakness and for as as you probably well know like uh, lion hasn't been very strong lately now they're starting to see a pretty big push uh and cards like arden omoidasu enter the metagame in a meaningful way and cards like uh chronicler of conquests is about to enter the metagame in a meaningful way and um i think crane is now going or uh crane is about to get a stronghold that can just completely make them immune to the uh, the dishonor uh, <laughs> strategy. All of those things will will help d- uh, fight the scorpions' strength in 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 the game, but also the scorpions do need to lose a couple cards. Uh, they put you know being un being unable to lose to to be dishonored out because they have a stronghold, and also because they have duty is maybe a little bit too much. 
but we're, we're talking about Scorpio. We're like wrapping up here, but I do, I, I feel like I'd be remiss not to point out that, uh, so City Open Hand, undoubtedly very powerful, very good to like, you know, do something to and stuff. But I do have to point out that the second place finisher at Worlds last year was rocking uh, Kyun Bayushi. Uh, and he was doing that in an environment that did not have soju in, around there. Uh, so I wonder if, um, I don't know if this is a question or just like an observation. <laughs> it's like, do we, is, is everything going to like, I don't know if they need to do the open hand. I do think uh, having both duty and um, forged edict, both unrestricted lists might do more for the counterplay. At least duty has a less chance of like pulling them out of the hole that they put themselves into. I mean, to be fair, gaining five cards to be fair. I secretly, I guess not secretly anymore. Cause I'm saying it on a freaking podcast, but um. <laughs> I, I kind of wish there was a way that I could make duty restricted for every stronghold that isn't Kayuden Bayushi. <laughs> um, but that isn't a meaningful thing to do. And while a lot of people have mentioned to me many, many times uh, the idea of er eroding it so that it can't be played in the draw phase, um, maybe, maybe I'll do that. But my errata budget is limited and my errata budget applies to the entire lifespan of the game. So every errata I do is weighed not only against the existing errata, but also any potential future errata. Because if I errata too many cards, there will be a point at which I cannot errata cards ever again. And I would rather not reach that point, you know, <laughs> in the foreseeable future. Okay. Um, uh, Just and so, ban scorpions. Problem solved. I mean, <laughs> you are also not the first person to say that to me. <laughs> I mean, if, if things go with the way, you know, that alternate timeline happens, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. It, it'll they happen have a twice. Whole, they have a whole burning sense to go, go adventure in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Desert with you, Kachiko. Um, yeah, no. So, uh, duty's strong. Duty is, is the biggest at its biggest problem when it's with Caden um, or city of the open hand, which is why it's restricted with mm. that. Um, like, yeah, that's, that's mostly it. Um, but it's also a matter of like, because Scorpion do have a lot of, you know, the most efficient cards in the game. Like those need to be watched at the very least. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on, on the opposite side of the spectrum, and I bring this up one, because of consternation for the dragon clan players. And also I know you've told me personally how much you've really tried to push certain things. Um, how do you feel about the current state of the dragon clan? You were hoping that there was some, like you thought there was some tech in the dragon pack that people weren't really fully exploring. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, just uh, unlocking a lot of their cards that were at one point deemed too powerful. Is this a, like a raw power boost or are these cards? Like I think you mentioned in an article that like the, the meta is different. These things are, are not as powerful as they once were. Uh, how do you feel about the dragon trying to find their footing in the new meta? Um, so a big part of it is just that the, so for, for the unrestriction of dragon cards, the biggest part of it is simply that the context surrounding those cards have changed. Um, Meat and Master is not as good as it was when the metagame is defined by uh, Scorpion Dominance and lots of readies. Um, if, he, if, if Meat and Master turns out to be too good, then uh, maybe he'll end up back on the restricted list. Um, Void Fist was put on the list uh, because... It absolutely destroys a uh, a mid range heavy metagame, which was the metagame of the original when the game first came out and for the first couple of years. Um, now we're in a much more polarized metagame where decks are very focused on one thing. This is my dishonor deck, and everything dishonors. This is my swarm deck. I don't have anything that costs more than two. This is my tower deck. I land one guy, put twenty attachments on him, and say go. Like all three of those archetypes, Void Fist is just kind of okay. Um, against them, yeah. Um, I mean, Crane's still mid tier, Cra right? <laughs> Crane, Crane is the Crane is the clan that right now is at its weakest against Void Fist, um, mm. and and maybe we're in a position where the return of Void Fist means that Dragon is now so good that now they're back on top and they need to be, you know, maybe it was an overcorrection to restrict Void Fist. Um, although I will say, I would I do not intend to put Void Fist back on the list if dragon were an issue i would put another card there because i actually think void fist is kind of okay um 
Dragon has other powerful cards that I would uh, look mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. One of them, you know, breathes fire and is obvious. It's also kind of a linchpin <laughs> card if, like, Dragon Monks wants to go anywhere anytime but soon. I, but I will say this, say. which is that uh, High House of Light is a card that a lot of people uh, looked down upon when it was first released and are now finding the success that I was anticipating. Um and so it has been it has been very cool to see people start to find the value that I knew was in a lot of the, the, the Dragon Clan pack cards. Now of course there were a couple cards that um that were just overly weak, like Wildfire Kick mainly. Um but uh Tagashi Acolyte has really exploded in, in value. Yes, even more yes. so than I ever thought. I thought it was just a very okay card, but people are just swearing by it now. Uh, it's like it's kind of like what I've been saying when like when the pack was first released. It's like everyone was kind of like, it's not going to do anything for Dragon. And I'm like saying, are you nuts? I mean, it's like I think I, I always said that Dragon Clan was sleeping on these cards. But well, it's 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 really the stronghold, right? Because like yeah, uh, it's really hard to figure out how to use it. Um, it really changes it it really you play it in a very different way than you play almost any other stronghold which is kind of what you want out of a stronghold a lot of the time right Uh but uh but uh yeah so uh now that people are putting high house of light to to good use i think um the the dragon clan pack is showing its its true colors yeah cool cool, cool. uh this next probably last question that we have uh, it's more of a general design philosophy that's kind of shifted a little bit. So, as we said many times, every clan's got their own strengths and weaknesses and their own themes and things that they like are uniquely them. And but as a competitive card player, we all recognize that there are some mechanics that are just uh, vital or essential pieces of a competitive toolbox. And some examples are, you know, we need let go or we need attachment removal. Let go is the most uh, efficient part of that. For a long time, Phoenix was pretty much the only ones with a consistent suite of straight and unbowed tech. And now there's a lot more of that running around the environment. Which mechanics do you consider to be universally important, like things that competitive decks need access to? And which ones do you think are fine that individual clans just kind of like take a monopoly on like right now dueling is pretty much a crane thing because we have all the best dueling stuff just ask the dragon clans they're very upset about it <laughs> but um anything that is uh, vital to uh, address to to anything that does a base game action is something that i would consider to be uh that it should appear in most of the clans. Almost no mechanic is going to appear in all the clans. Like, uh, Unicorn is never going to get an attachment control card better than Iuchi Rime, for example, um, because the the intent is for them to approach their problems in a different way than, say, the dragon, who gets the best attachment control. Um, In the same way that you're not... I wouldn't hold my breath to see a, a, um, a Lion Clan event cancel. Um, that's that's Scorpion's dominance. That's why Scorpion gets their second one now, and that's why Crane is getting their second one now too. Um, what? It's, it's on a character uh, this time oh. instead of an event. Um, any clan theoretically can ready, but certain clans are going to be better at it than others. Um, so I would say, the in the dueling example, dueling is much more focused because dueling is specialized and it's not strictly speaking necessary it's more of a gatekeep in the same way that gain more have more honor than your opponent is a gate is a lion specific gatekeep or have less honor mm. than your opponent is a scorpion specific gatekeep um or, or spells or being spells in being in phoenix plan. right um but but just like a is this a thing that that i i want to like is it a is it an effect that i could sum up in one sentence then it's probably something most clans are going to get um, but that said, certain clans will always be better at it than others, and that's intentional. Oh, you know, I forgot one. I'm going to squeeze one more question. To be really fast and stuff. Uh, display of power. Oh no, uh, God! P- many people were surprised that it missed the RL this time. Can you can you elaborate on that one? Uh, only very very little. Um, okay, it was certainly on the short list, and I certainly considered it. Um, at the end of the day, the 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 things that I was were 
really the only things I was trying to address with this update were A, break up the Scorpion d uh, passive Dishonor deck. B, take Spyglass away from these tower decks that are just going to keep abusing Spyglass until I print a card that addresses Spyglass, which <laughs> I did print a card that's going to address Spyglass and it will come out eventually, um, at which point maybe Spyglass can be unbanned, but for the time being, it can't be in the, car in the game. Um, and uh, Display of Power was the obvious third piece to the the sit-back-do-nothing Scorpion Dishonor deck alongside Duty and, and, the, and the Stronghold. Um, the thing is, Display of Power is a Phoenix card, not a Scorpion card. And if I were to restrict uh, Display of Power, then that would be affecting the Phoenix clan a lot in addition to the Scorpion clan. And while it may be... There is an argument for whether or not it could be warranted... Uh, I didn't think that the Scorpion, the, I didn't think that the, that Phoenix decks needed to, needed external pressure to change. Um, certainly not external pressure to be worse. Uh, whereas I did feel that way about Scorpion. And I felt like the just hitting duty in the stronghold. Restricting a stronghold is a huge deal. I don't think people really have wrapped their heads oh, yeah. around that yet. Oh, yeah. Because oh, they haven't yeah, seen I... what that means. But like, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, if you take City of the Open Hand, the entire restricted list is a banned list for you. And yeah. there are obviously a lot of very good cards on the restricted list, in Scorpion especially. Um, and I feel pretty strongly that even just the act of putting a stronghold on the restricted list at all is going to heavily influence the deck building for that clan um, and should break up you know, the Scorpion sit-back Dishonor deck without needing to also address display of power which would have a whole secondary set of ramifications um that yeah. i didn't think were were worth it wasn't worth dealing with those in addition when i could resolve this without dealing with them right yeah but besides phoenix just got like all their cards banned like a couple of months that ago may so. have also happened. yeah <laughs> they need a break <laughs> master I, i'm still sticking by master gise toshi did nothing wrong uh, Master Gise Toshi did a lot wrong, and the specific <laughs> a lot wrong that he did was say the words "can't play cards." Um, the uh, the uh, the other the other angle here is also that while Display of Power is a very strong card, it 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 skirts the line where I don't think that it crosses the line um, because at the end of the day, you need powerful cards in order to help get back in the game if you fall behind. Um, that's right. just a, a, a truism of every card game, even though L5R is almost the least card gamey of all the card games that, that I'm familiar with. Um, yeah. The, the, the ability... It played more like a, a, a tabletop war yeah. game. It just happens to have cards. Um, the, the ability of display of power to uh, get me back into the game if I fall behind early, uh, I think is an important part of the metagame. Um, and so while... I would certainly be open to restricting display of power at some point. I didn't think it was necessary here. Um, yeah. And I've always maintained that, you know, it's like in, in just in my personal headspace, you know, it's like display of power costs way more, uh, does is, is also kind of like a little bit, maybe also an expensive card too, because it, it costs two fate. I'm losing one honor. Um, I may lose a province because of it. And you get to trigger all your on win condition if you have any. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. Finally uh, got around to being on this podcast. <laughs> I make my podcast. I was just now. telling Sar before. I was like, like I, I was telling Sar, I was like, I'm sure Tyler would show up on the podcast. I know you listen. I just, I just never. <laughs> <laughs> we never asked you. I don't think that's the thing. I don't think we ever asked you. Well, yes, it's, it's usually your dance card is usually pretty full, so I figured you'd like. Uh, how many podcasts in one week can you be on? Fast, honestly, smash cut. I'm sure you're going to be on Jade Throw in like two days. <laughs> honestly, if I'm working from home, it's actually a lot easier to be on podcasts. That's fair. I, I yeah, guess, yeah, podcasters, you know. everyone said, Tyler, you're, you're, you're uh, invites. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a point at which I'll start saying no. So you got to get there first, buddies. Good job, Court Games. You got there first. All right. Well, I right. thank you again for coming on the podcast. Really, really do appreciate it. it really, and I, again, I, I, I can't really say this enough, but thank you for everything that you do for the game. Yeah, I'm glad you guys like it. Let's see. Uh, let's give a final shout out. So give a 
remind people of our sister podcast, the Court Games RPG Podcast, talking story, lore, RPG shenanigans, and recently we did, made some characters yeah. uh, with uh, Sar here. Uh, let's see. Seabass has uh, gone ahead and launched his courtgamespod.com as a central hub for everyone who wants to find some updates and fan community generated uh, resources can be found there on that website. If you're not already a Patreon, uh, please consider uh, d- checking out our Patreon. It goes to support this podcast, our sister podcast, the website, and everything else that Seabass does, including our monthly giveaways, which I never win. <laughs> I mean, I want some funny how that works. Loot box stuff. Yeah, I'm a crane. Don't I worry. expect favors. <laughs> you know what? Okay, uh, Trevor, how's this? Next time I go to Daiso, which is like the Japanese all-purpose goods supermarket down here, which is like I call it the Japanese dollar store. Literally, it's like everything in there costs a dollar, and everything's from Japan. Um, I'll go ahead and put together a care package and send it to you, so you could act like you won one of these giveaways. I mean, I will not say no. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh tyler any final shout outs or anything you want to say to anybody uh, you want to plug keep keep having fun skirmish is great that's it skirmish is great <laughs> my whole story you know i'm gonna give my final shout out to tyler the best judge of this Aww. game his his keen opinions has expertly culled the restricted list and the banned list to perfection nothing nothing needs to be changed you definitely it's are just trying to butter me latest. up to take toshimoko off i know it <laughs> no, he does assume because he, he's he's trying to avoid saying that I'm you know of any worthy note as a judge. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. Have um have a great day, everybody. Um, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and stay home. Unless you have to buy food. Sidearm. Bye. Bye. <laughs>